Okay, so we've been learning in the past few weeks about the halachas of Kibbut Avaim. This will be the last of the uh, series because Mirza Hashem, a oh, very nice thank you, Mirza Hashem, I think tonight uh, Yaakov Zoldan is going to announce a, an initiative from now until Purim to try to finish Masechus Megillah, everyone individually, um, if, whoever can. Uh, there's 30 days, uh, 30 blot, you could do 30 blot in 30 days if you want. So that's going to be a push I think he's going to mention tonight at Tubishvat Tish. That being said, he thought it'd be nice if the few weeks going leading into it, the Sundays, we'll give a topic related to Purim, connected to Masechus Megillah. Uh, so that will be probably the next few weeks uh, on, on those topics. I don't know what, but we'll find something nice to talk about. Okay, that being said, so let's talk about this final uh, shear of this topic about honoring in-laws. I need to be careful. My father-in-law is in the room right now, so I must be very, very careful uh, what I say, what he says. Um, but uh, it, it's very appropriate. It does connect to this week's Parsha as one of the sources, as a uh, requirement to honor a father-in-law. Now, it uh, says in the says in the Pasuk number one, Blame him for everything. <laughs> It's getting labor dictated. So Moshe goes out to uh, to greet his father-in-law, Vayishtachu Vayishaklo, and he bows down and he kisses him, Vayishalu Ishlareu Lasham, and they ask of each other how they're doing, Vayavohola, and they go bring him into the tent. So what exactly is going on here? Who is Vayishalehu Vayishalu Ishlareu? Who's speaking to whom? So the Mechel to the Medjish writes there, number two, Vayishtachu Vayishaklo. It doesn't say who's bound to. It's very unclear. Who's kissing whom? That the ish, the man, asked how his friend was doing. Who's referred to as a man, as ish? Says the Moshe was incredibly humble. He was referred to as ish. Have you Omer? So now we can plug this back into the Pasuk and say, Lo hishtachavev lo nashak ele Moshe lechamav. That Moshe Benu is the Ish, who was the one who was the subject matter. He was the one who was bowing down, he was kissing, he was asking how his father-in-law was doing. Mikan amru sheye ha'adam muchana lechavod chamav. From here we learn, says the Medjish, that a person should honor his father-in-law. That's one source this week's parsha. Objection. Yeah. should <laughs> This is Vayish Alu. They asked a man to the other. It's in the plural. They were asking each other. An excellent question. But either way, it says Ish Lerehu. So, although perhaps I guess the Moshe initiated Yisro and likes it, I'm doing good and how are you doing? But excellent point. What about Moshe? I say you can be Mochel on this. A male can be Mochel on this covered, but asking how someone's doing. Bowing down, that's a very good question. Bowing down could be a very good question. Not sure. So that's one source this week's Parsha Parsha Yisro. The other source, the tour, brings down from, we, uh, as far as we know, Moshe and Yisro had a very nice relationship. David and Shaul, not so much. Objection. <laughs> Sorry, I have another objection. Yeah. From Rebbe taught years ago that the, 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 the Pasuk says, and he didn't want to go out still. It's only when he said, I have your sons there also. That's when Moshe went out and took everybody with him. Right. That's, I don't remember. Yeah, so they talk about, it's a very good question. They talk about that's Mitzad him being a Melech. Like Mati said, he is a Melech. There's certain things that he couldn't do because it was degrading of his status of being a Melech. But I guess the uh, greeting his father-in-law in this way was not considered uh, uh, belittling his cover. But also excellent point. Now, so although Moshe and Yusuf, as far as we know, had a very, very nice relationship... Uh, David and Shaul did not have uh, such a nice relationship. 
Yet the tour brings down from a uh, from a medjush that we learn from the way David treated Shaul that there's a chiv to honor a father-in-law as well. Look at number three. The tour writes, We saw this last time that you have to honor the older brother. That my father he saw he also saw Avi. He was not referring to his own father Yishai. Rather, he's referring to his father, Shov. You see from the Prisha number four, who explains this, David Amar Hachi This is how David referred to Shov in Shmuel Aleph Chavdal, Vikarle Avi Mipnei He referred to his own father-in-law as my father, as Abba, as Tati, called him by, as his be called his own father. That's how he referred to his father-in-law. We'll see in a little bit whether or not there's a requirement to refer to an in-law as mom or dad. But either way, we do see that the respect that David did show, show despite, despite the difficult relationship that they did have. So these are two different sources brought down uh, in the Midrashim. So now, is this requirement a Daraisa requirement, a Dirabanan requirement? So there's a letter that the Gura wrote to his family. And in that long letter, there's one line that they uh, point out that the Gura writes as follows. Look at number five. He says, V'gam basi levakesh ishti. I also asked my wife, Shetichabed es imi, The Gra, when he was traveling, he requested from his own wife that his wife uh, show respect to his own mother, to her mother-in-law. He requested this. So we see that not only do we have a source to honor a father-in-law, like we saw, we didn't say anything about a mother-in-law, but a father-in-law, one has to, the Gra says the mother-in-law is included, and that's also a din de araisa. Now, other Achram argue and say, it's not really deraisa. That's not really what the Pasuk is trying to tell us between Moshe and Yisro and Dovin and Shal. These are nice things that they did, but that doesn't mean there's a source, a chiv, to honor father-in-law Midraisa. It's a very wonderful thing. It's certainly derech eretz and one should do so, but it may not be deraisa. So there is a machlok as whether or not this mitzvah is deraisa derban, and that doesn't take away what person should be doing this or not, but it is a machlok as deraisa or derbanan. Now, with respect to a mother-in-law, I once heard that the reason why often there is a strained relationship between a mother-in-law and daughter-in-law is because you find by the imahos, they never met each other. Sari Menu never met Rivka. She died before Rivka came into the picture. Remember, Yitzhak was in the tent, and Rivka came, and then the, the candle and the cloud, they never met each other. And so through, Yaakov went to find two wives, Rachel and Leah. Rivka was back home. Ya- Yaakov was by himself. Rivka never met Rachel and Leah. And since we find by the Imaos that they never met each other, the Torah never was machshiv such a relationship. That just was Matthias. That's why I once heard. Whether it's true or not true, I don't know. But it's certainly a fascinating point that we find the Imaos never met each other. So now that raises the question, is there a chiv to honor a mother-in-law? We have a father-in-law that was clear in the Midrashim, but is there a chiv to honor a mother-in-law? So take a look at the Pesach of number 6. The Shulchan Aruch writes very clearly in Simon Reishmem, Chayiv Adam lechabed chamav. He only mentions the requirement to honor a father-in-law. But the Berhet of there quotes from the Bach. Kasev habach dehu hadin chamoso. That there's also a requirement to honor a mother-in-law too. That also exists. Now there are some fascinating Gemaras about relationships between mother-in-laws and sons-in-laws. The Gemara talks about in one place a very strange thing that the father, the husband, the father-in-law, should be careful of his wife and his first son-in-law. 
because there might be some uh, uh, very uh, illicit relationship between the two of them. Unclear why that might be, but the Gemara does mention, based on the Medrash, that the mother-in-law is always trying to make the son-in-law, the first one in particular, happy and make him comfortable. It might lead to a very inappropriate relationship. That's what the Gemara and Mishra does talk about. But either way, there is a chiv of honoring a father-in-law and a mother-in-law. Now, what's the nature, before I get to the actual nature of it, what about a step-mother-in-law or a step-father-in-law? In other words, if a person's wife has a stepmother, so that becomes my stepmother-in-law, my stepfather-in-law. Is there a requirement in that regard? And the post can all say there is no real requirement. Of course, there should be derech eretz and always show respect. But mitzad this halach of honoring a mother-in-law and father-in-law, it does not extend itself to a stepmother-in-law or a stepfather-in-law. Yeah. What about from you to your wife? You have an obligation to honor your wife, or maybe even more than yourself, but maybe it says, and then your wife has an obligation to honor their parents. Is there any such chain like that? Yeah, we're that going to see. Yeah, we're going to see in just a second uh, this point. Very good. It leads. If I don't answer the question, let me know. But I think it's going to answer your question. Well, yeah. Excellent. It's a very good question because we learned last time that a person has to honor their own stepmother and their own stepfather vis-a-vis their parent, vis-a-vis the father's wife or the mother's husband. And Yankee suggesting, well, why should it be different now? If I have to honor a mother-in-law, I should also have to honor the mother-in-law's husband or the father-in-law's wife. Excellent question. I guess just without explaining too much, it's just too many steps away, too many steps removed. It's not so direct. Um, but maybe this will help bring it out. Let's go to the next two pieces. Maybe this will help flush out a little bit as to the nature of the requirement to honor a in-law. That might answer some of these questions. Let's see. What's the difference between honoring somebody's parents and Derek Eretz? Um, Derek Eretz, uh, you know, I would say... Derech Eretz is not to show disrespect. That's the basics, not to disrespect anyone. Honoring is a step removed that for my father, I should get food for him, I should get drinks for him, I should uh, not sit in his seat, I should go above and beyond. Derech Eretz is to avoid you know, disrespect and covet is being proactive. Now, there's, of course, a lot in between there, but uh, to, uh, to show uh, you know, my father and my mother-in-law to have to get food or drink, there's not a requirement. That doesn't show disrespect, though, by not getting food or drink. Now, it doesn't mean a person shouldn't get food and drink for them. I'm saying we're talking, what are the, what, what's required? Required, I need to help serve my father, help serve my mother. I shouldn't sit in the seat. I can sit in my father-in-law's seat. Should I? Not a nice thing to do. It's not derech eretz, but there's no chiv. There's no violation if I were to do that. So, so you're now... Saying that that's, uh, you're saying that honoring is really from the Torah. Yes, yes. And derech eretz is not. Well, Derech Eretz certainly is the Torah. I mean, everything, you know, it's, there's no mitzvah derais of Derech Eretz. That's basic. There's certain things that Rav Asher Weiss would call and others too, something called Ratzon HaTorah. There's certain things that the Torah wants us to do and the Torah does not need to tell us to do it for us to do it. Derech Eretz certainly is a common theme, three, theme throughout Torah, throughout Torah Shabbat Peh. Although there's no one in the mitzvahs, Tariq mitzvahs, it certainly is uh, expected and understood. So now, what is the nature of this requirement to honor an in-law? So the Sefer Charedim uh, takes a very extreme approach. If you look at number eight, he writes as follows. He says, So he must honor his father-in-law and his mother-in-law. 
V'tayma, why? Mishum di'ish v'ishto kechad gufa. Husband and wife are like one person. Chashivi. V'av v'eim shalzeh, k'av v'eim shalzeh. Her parents are like my parents, and my parents are like her parents. It's they're one unit. They're one child, one person. And therefore, according to the Haredim, everything I do to my parents must be replicated to my in-laws as well. They are my parents. That's the Haredim's approach. And then you would call them mom and dad. And mom and dad would be a It would be an isser to be disrespectful to call them by their first name. Now, this is not embraced by the poskim, however. If you look at the shach, number nine, the shach says, the honor, the requirement to honor an in-law is no better, no stronger than honoring an old person. He says that number nine, says the shach, V'chayv l'chabdo k'moshar z'keinim chashuvim, like other older people who deserve respect, that when they walk in the room, you stand up for them, you show common uh, respect in derech eretz, but as I said before, you don't, you could call him by the first name. I could call him Ruvain Shimon to an old man. I don't need to, now it might be nice to call them Mr. So-and-so. That's a certain respect, at least in our world. In, in the American world, that's the case. In, in the Jewish world, uh, you know, you don't, you know, for example, Rav Yurucham Olshin, no one calls him Rabbi Olshin. They call him Rav Yurucham. In the, the Shiva Shavelt, they call by first names, Rav Yurucham, Rav whoever, Rav Makiel. Uh, it's become more American to call by last names. But either way, um, calling a first name would be entirely permitted to an older man. An old man walks in, you stand up for him. You could call him, hi, Reuven, or you could say, hi, Mr. Uh, Smith, whatever you want. But as a, a parent, you cannot call them by the first name. So the requirement of honoring an in-law is like an old man. You stand up for them and you don't call, and you can call them by the first name. Now, even though you can call an in-law by the first name, Reuven, Shimon, Rachel, whatever it is, the common practice is call them by Abba, Father, Tati, whatever your dad, whatever you want to call them, that is certainly the common practice. But I do know people who do refer to their in-laws by the first name. Um, and it's nothing against halacha. Is it the right thing to do? I'm not going to say it's the wrong thing to do, but it would seem that the Derech Eretz proper thing to do is call them uh, by the title Father, Abba, whatever it is. Now, it might be uncomfortable for a person to call someone who is not their parent, father, or mommy, but that's accepted. Now, if a person has a difficult time with that, they should ask a Shiloh. But we certainly see that David Amel called Shaul Abba, Abi, my father. So that is uh, certainly the common practice. But again, in, yeah. Insist, insist on being called that first name. And, and then that's completely fine. If they, and, you, I was raised, you didn't call any adult by the first name. Right. Me too, I was also raised that way. There are a few friends of my parents I call now by first name because as I get older and closer to the age, not really, but I feel closer to the age and more contemporary, you feel like more friends as you get older. When you're 5, 6, you're, you're a child. When you're 30, 40, you feel somewhat uh, equivalent in a certain respect. So, But I was also taught Mr. So-and-so. Um, but if the in-laws say, I want you to call my first name, call me Ruvain, call me Shimon, then you're certainly allowed to. Yeah. Uh, it's also, I've never, I've seen it only done once, but uh, it's not actually the in-law, but would it pass to the in-law? I've seen in some instances a child stand uh, a, fa- a child stands up if the father is called to the tongue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a it's person should stand up. I don't yeah. see it commonly practiced here. I've seen it, uh, but does that extend to the father? Again, you you would. Uh, it's a great question. We have to talk about what is the requirement for standing up for an old person. 
that would extend itself to an in-law. So for just from the basic halacha, if an old person walks into a room and I'm over there, I don't need to stand up for that person. If he comes within my dal amos, I should stand up. So for the aliyah, if it's not my dal amos, I don't have to. But nonetheless, it would be respectful to do so. The father, father certainly. The father's in the room. You're supposed to stand up for the father even if he's far away. <clears throat> a old man only if he's close to you. So a father-in-law, if we're possibly a father-in-law is like an old man, one would not have to stand up if he's far, but it would certainly be nice and respectful to do so. Someone told me a couple weeks ago, somewhere here, that they were trained that when their older brothers get Elias, someone said that, someone mentioned, you stand up for an older brother. We learned a few weeks ago to respect an older brother. So they were trained when their older brother gets an Aliyah, they stood up for their older brother, which I thought was a beautiful thing. Very beautiful thing. You don't see it. The problem is it's very beautiful, but you don't see it. You don't see it so much. You do not no, see it. Probably yeah. in a Syrian yeah. school. Could be. Could be. Fuchsbrummer, yeah. Ronan said, yeah. Ronan said, very good. Excellent. The Swartan, the wife, and the kids stand up when the father gets an Aliyah. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, so it does happen. It, it does exist. Yeah, no, it's yeah. very rare, but yeah. that's nice if they. Uh, What's respect? Yeah, right. and, and I stand for my father in law. Okay, that's. Uh, so the question is on benching. He says, Marie, you know, and your father in law is there. Right. So. What should you say? What do you say? Exactly. So what a person should say, you find often um, the Taz on Shochnarach was the son-in-law of the Bach. And he quotes his father-in-law, the Bach, all the time and argues on him most of the time as well. But when he argues, he always refers to him as in the Mem Vav Ches, which is Mori Vechami. My master, my father-in-law. So that's what's practiced. When my father-in-law is present, if I'm benching, you say Mori Chami. Mori Chami is... Uh, uh, equivalent to Mori, I uh, know Avi Mori, Mori Chami is the same idea, it's showing respect in that regard. Uh, the practice is not to say father, Avi Mori, but you say Mori Chami. That's the practice. Yeah. By the way, wouldn't it have a lot to do with how the father and father in law feel about it? In other words, if a father feels very sensitive, and when you, if you would call your father in law dad, and the right. other person says, I'm your dad, it's not nice or something. So it has a lot to do with how the people feel, the other person feels about That would be a rare situation. That would not be, the normal situation is not that way. It's understood that everyone calls the in-laws by uh, parent. But if there's a situation, I'll share with you now, in light of that, they bring down here in this wonderful safer. Let's, I'll read the following piece. Let's say there's a, uh, there's a lot of tension between the in-laws. Between the in-laws, not between you, but between the in-laws. And the parents say, I don't want you showing respect to my mechatanim, to your in-laws. What do you do? So I'll read what he says here. If one's parents are embroiled in an argument with his in-laws, for example, regarding financial commitments towards the couple, for, and as a result insists that the couple not speak or visit with the in-laws, the couple may not comply with the request. That would be disrespect. One cannot do so. Um, so in, in light of your uh, question. Now, where were we? Um, Okay, we've got, uh, number five. look at number 10 now. So we're talking about whether or not the nature of honoring an in-law is because the in-laws are like a parent or because they're like old people, you treat them no different than an old person. So the Pischei Tshuva number 10 proves that the din of honoring in-laws is uh, based on a zakain, not based on being a parent. How so? So look what he writes in number 10. Read the Pischei Tshuva in the bold. It says, Nira Dezeh Muchrach. It must be correct, like the Shach says, that you treat an in-law just as an older person. Midila'el sif yudzayim, what the Shulchan Aruch writes earlier. She'isha nesua, 
Petura. A woman who is married, if her father if her father asks her something and her husband asks her something, who does she listen to? Her husband. Husband wins over the father. Now, if it's true that the son-in-law is chayv to honor his own father-in-law, so that she should the other way around. She should have to honor her father, not her husband. Must be, says the Pitzchachuva, im lokein haisa chayavis. She should be chayv to listen to her father, not her husband. Shagam baila chay b'chod avia. Isn't the husband required to honor her father, his father-in-law? Sharei hu chamav elamai must be, says, that the requirement to honor the father-in-law is only like an older man, but nothing more than that. That's what comes out. But again, doesn't mean a person shouldn't go above and beyond to show extra respect. So I'm trying, I just want to understand, I'm a little slow. Um, <laughs> like all of us, don't worry about it. Okay, uh, I was struck on my head. By your father-in-law? By your father. The question is, we just finished saying, I want to make sure I heard it right, Yeah. that when you, uh, somebody asks when you avenge, uh, it's my, even with the father-in-law, it's uh, my master. Yeah, it's a mori So, so if it Different says language. my master, this is a very, very. Then how do you switch back to, you know, just like an older man? A master seems higher than an older. Yeah. Man. So there's two points. One is what is the the baseline halacha, which is that you can call a father-in-law by the first name, and then there's what's the minug, the accepted practice is to nonetheless show proper respect and not call by the first name. No. You, not, you don't have to, but that has you been the. Don't you don't have to, but the minag has evolved that one should, and that's highly recommended. But the father, you say, right? the father, you must, and the father, you should. You should make up a chart, so when we go next, time, <laughs> right. I look at the chart Why because at my age, I can't. Remember. That's right. Why is chami by itself not the rule? Um, I don't say Mori Hakohen, or let's say Antipatrius Hakohen. No, Avi Mori special. But why can't be Avi Mori, Cohen, let's say, Rav, and, and Chami? Chami gives the title it does. of my father. But, uh, but a more Chashev title would be Mori Chami. You know, he, my master, he's taught me something. He's given me my wife, or whatever it is. But uh, If you want to, if you think that way about your father-in-law, then uh, when it was, then you could have, yeah. Right, exactly, but you could still show respect afterwards. Is there a Jewish equivalent or a Lachic equivalent of a happy wife, happy life? Yeah. It's a different topic. We can talk Sean Bias a different. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> all these things, no, all these things. Yeah, yeah. Happy wife, happy of life. Of course, yeah, yeah. That I'm just saying that to satisfy your wife, wouldn't it make more sense? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, is this such a thing or is this a Goyesha statement? No, no, there, there's, certainly, there's certainly roots in uh, Chazal about making your wife happy, then life will be happy. Life will be good, yeah. yeah. When both of them are sitting at the table together, yeah. whatever, a Shabbos meal, you mention your father-in-law also, sure. Santa, and do you say master? You say, yeah, Avi Mori and Mori Chami, you should say both of them, yeah. Unless, unless there's some tension that the father might have. You don't say that about your father. You say, no, Avi, Avi Mori, Avi, my, my father, Mori, my master. You do mention both, just a different order. Avi Mori and then Mori Chami. Exactly, yeah. So you, and it's only when they're alive, your parents, you say these. Once they, if they pass well, you don't have to ask permission anymore. They're not no, at the I'm table. Saying, no, I'm just yeah. saying you're honoring your parents. Does it matter that they're not there and they're not in this world? You still honor them in the next world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we still, but spoke of it. You still honor a certain cover you show them for, even after they've died, but not in benching. Not in benching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, ben- that's what I'm asking. Benching only when they're present. If your father's not present, your father's not present, you don't say, Bruchus Avi Mori. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Oh. That's a very good question because. 
I do mention my mother and my father in the mention to myself. Even though they're I mean, not at the end, at the Harachamans, at the end, that's just a stam bracha. That's a bracha for them. You give them bracha. But not because you're asking permission to bench from them. No, I'm yeah. saying in the Harachamans, right. I'm asking. So let's just finish, we have four, let's just finish off the couple of things. We have four minutes left. So I want to get this in. Just, I we can talk afterwards. Okay, so let's just run to an uh, interesting uh, halacha number 11. Number 11, the Aruch HaShulchan talks about, um, we know if a person is in need of tzedakah, so there's a hierarchy who you give first. And relatives always come first, if, a, if there's a need of, of a child, a parent, a sibling, a relative. So what happens if a, a father-in-law is in need of money, or a mother-in-law is in need of money? Do they come before other people? Are they considered krovim or not considered krovim? Uh, up until now, we've learned that we pass in that uh, uh, father-in-law is like an old man. So if I have an old man who's a father-in-law, an old man who's a neighbor, is there any precedence that a, um, that a father-in-law should get? So the Aruch HaShulchan writes... It's the wife's money too, so it's her uh, So the Paskin actually is not the wife's money. The husband, So the husband has full control. However, there's a Pischit Shuvah and Hilchot that does right. If the husband gives right to the wife to use the money, so she does have access to the funds, which I think is pretty relevant these days that women do have access to credit cards and bank. Um, but okay, if they both have access to it, but uh, so she should give her money, you're saying. Fair point. Lamaisa nowadays, I guess, since it's a shared account, let's say, then she would have the obligation to help her own father. But look what the Aruch HaShulchan writes, at least in the times where the father, the husband rather, had full control. The year Ali, it appears to me, if the father and the children have no money, the chasno, who usher Kofin, the son-in-law, is a wealthy guy and we force the son-in-law to help support the in-laws. The father-in-law is no worse than another relative he might have. And it sounds like he should even come before another relative, a cousin of some sort. Now we'll finish off with this. Uh, actually, we still have two minutes. Now in the world of Mominus now, so a, look at this fascinating Rama, very important Rama. Rama writes, this is in the beginning of Evan Ezra, Simon Bates. Sometimes you have uh, a relationship, a chasen uh, and husband and wife that are married off, and there's certain uh, monetary agreements by both sides, uh, who's going to support who. And uh, sometimes they don't always have the ability to follow through. Maybe they made certain pledges that they couldn't keep. So what happens in that case? So Ramah, unfortunately, had to deal with this case. And he writes that, Misha Pasco, lo mamon, harbe l'shaduchen v'chazubahem. So a father-in-law said, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars per month, let's say. And he retracted. They, they made the shidduch. They didn't get married, though. They signed the tenarium, let's say. But he retracted, I'm pulling out. Lo ya'again kalaso lashon aguna. You should not, the chasen should not make the kala aguna that she's stuck forever, chas v'shom. Mishum zeh, because he's not getting the money he was promised. Lo yiskoteit bavur ishto. Nor should there be any fighting over the money, the property of the wife. Umishaos, okay, those who do so, Ainu Matsliach will not be successful. Venu Zivugo Olayafe will not be a good uh, marriage. Kia Mamon Shaodam Lokeachim Ishto, Ainu Mamon Shayosha. A person who takes money from his wife because of his wife, because of the family, that Mamon is not Mamon Yashus. You're marrying for the money, that's not Mamon Yashus. And one who does so is called marrying a woman for her money. Whatever they give, great. Whatever they don't give, don't fight about it. And you'll be matzliach either way, but don't ever fight about any issues 
of Mamon with the in-laws. And then finally, we'll just finish off with just basics in uh, Avelis, that the Shochanach writes in terms of Hilchas Avelis, we'll run through this quickly. Number 13, he says, A spouse has to uh, sympathize, empathize, and mourn with uh, his spouse or her spouse if they're sitting uh, Shiva. V'davka ba'od b'fanav, only in the present. So if a, a spouse is sitting Shiva, so the uh, husband should share in that Avelis in their presence. Aval shalom b'fanav, if the spouse who's sitting Shiva is not there, ein tzarech linhog Avelis, one does not need to show any Avelis. Chutz me'isha, with except one's wife, she'afa pisha mis'abel alea, ein mis'abel ima el alavia, o al ima mishum kvoda chama v'chamosa, if the wife is sitting Shiva, and it's for the parents, so since the husband also has to show honor, to the in-laws, he also has a little bit of Avelis there. He has to keep. What's a little and, bit of Avelis? Ah, so they go on to explain. What's a little bit of Avelis? I'll just read this outside because we ran out of time. They say that a person should keep mixas uh, Avelis for the first week until the first month of Shabbos, which means, it brings down later on here, that he should uh, not change his clothing, not wear any laundered clothing, and uh, not to take a bath for his first few days until Mata Shabbos. That's what's been practiced. Some say also you should not go any chasnas or simchas during those first few days. But there's a mixas avelis, not because of the wife per se, but because of someone of a direct relationship that the son-in-law or daughter-in-law have with the in-laws. And just finally, that if there's no sons to say Kaddish for the in-laws, the son-in-law would be the next in line to properly say the Kaddish. Okay, we'll stop here. Permission from your parents. Exactly.